Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Postpartum stress can manifest itself in many ways in the new mom. You may already know about postpartum depression or the baby blues, but did you also know that you could experience postpartum anxiety? I'm Beth Warren, licensed clinical social worker and psychotherapist with the Postpartum Health Alliance, and you're listening to Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here! So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group, guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton. I'm also a certified birth doula, postpartum doula, and owner of In Due Season Doula Services. If you haven't already, please be sure to visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to our show through iTunes, so you'll automatically get new episodes when they're released. And we just released our Newbies app, available on iOS, Android, and Google Play, so you can listen to all your favorite Newbies episodes on the go. Sunny's here to tell us about other ways you can participate in our new show. Okay. Hi, everybody. So, yep, Newbies is still new. We have a handful of episodes out there, but we are planning a bunch of episodes for 2016, and we would love to have your input on what type of um, episodes, what topics you want to learn more about. So there's a couple ways you can get in touch with us, but probably the best way is through our website. So go to newmommymedia.com and click on that contact link and just send us whatever story ideas you have. And through the website, too, you can also reach out to us. We've got some great segments that we love our listeners to participate in. There is a new one that, um, you know, everyone loves to share their birth stories. And so we've come up with this segment called Five Minute Birth Stories. And so you can call in uh, through our voicemail, which I'll tell you about in just a second, or you can send us an email. And in about five minutes, tell us about your birth story. It's always better if the moms actually do this themselves. Otherwise, Kristen or I are going to have to read it, and we won't do nearly as good of a job as you guys would do. No. Um, Yeah. So share your birth stories in five minutes or less. We'll put it on the show. And then everyone and can learn about your amazing experience that you had with your baby. Um, there's another one called Baby Oops, where we like to share the funny stories that uh, we have as mothers and as fathers as well, um, just caring for our babies, some of the silly things we do in parenthood. And so if you have a funny Baby Oops you want to share with us, again, go to the website and uh, through the contact link, you can submit. And then I was telling you guys about the voicemail. So no one's going to pick up the phone. So if you're a private person, you're like, oh, I don't want to talk to anyone. Um, you can call our voicemail. And that number is 619-866-4775. Uh, tell us your story and the message and we'll put it in a future episode. So those are a couple different ways you can get involved with newbies. Just a few. Just a few. There's actually tons more, but we don't have enough time for all that. No, really. (laughs) Uh, Let's introduce our lovely panelists. Thanks, Kristen. My name is Rosie Peterson. I am 58 and I am a birth doula. I have three children and two grandchildren. (laughs) 
Okay. I'm Holly Herring. I'm 42 years old. I have two boys, age 16 and 17, and I manage a nonprofit in North County, San Diego. Hi, my name is Beth Warren. I'm a psychotherapist in San Diego, California, and I specialize in reproductive psychiatry. I see all mamas, and I focus on postpartum mood disorders, infertility, pregnancy loss, adoption, and surrogacy. Thanks for having me. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. So today, before we get started, we're going to do an app review. This one is called I Postpartum, and its intention is to give mommies kind of a tip for the day. And then we also have various categories where mom can go in and do some self-checks and uh, keep track of stuff about baby. So um, there's a few categories and then there's subcategories. So we have my recovery and my baby. And then we also have a tip for the day that just basically says things like know that every day gets easier and easier. Whatever may be worrying you today, just keep telling yourself that. And then we also have my recovery, which has subtopics, uh, postpartum topics, uh, Kegel exercise timer. So if you want to do some Kegels and you just want to keep track of how often you're doing them and for how long, you can use that. There's also a weight track if you're curious to know how your return to your pre-baby body is going. Although I think that puts a little bit of pressure. pressure on yeah. It. We don't have to use it's it. It's just not no. something that I was particularly concerned about, <laughs> nor did I really want to know about the first few months, especially. Talk about anxiety. Um, yeah. yeah, no pressure. <laughs> right, right. There is a postnatal depression test, which asks you a series of questions. This is also the same series of questions that I remember getting when I would go do the well baby checks at mm. the pediatrician's office. They would give us this question. And based on your score, they would tally it up. And if your score was more than 10, then you might want to talk to your care provider about whether or not you have a postpartum mood disorder. Although this one specifically seems to address postpartum depression, which if you've been listening to our series, you know there's more than just postpartum depression. So I think that that might be a little exclusionary of the other um, postpartum mood disorders. So then there's also a section for my baby. So you can keep track of all the cute things that your baby's doing, how big they're getting, um, how well you're doing with your breastfeeding because that baby's growing, growing, growing. So um, And then you can also keep track of when their teeth come in. So that's kind of exciting. So yeah, I mean, you can check it out. It's free. Um, Who doesn't love free? But just also keep in mind that if you are doing those postnatal depression tests on the app, that there's more than just being depressed. So listen to all of our series (laughs) and you'll learn all about them. You know what I like about this, though, is A, it seems to be a pretty simple app to use. Mm -hmm. I like simple apps. And I wonder, though, if they have like notifications that kind of pop up, because my concern would be is that, you know, we're always we're so busy as new moms. You know, we're doing a million different things. I probably wouldn't remember to go into this app. Right. So I'm wondering if they have some sort of notifications that would pop up, say, hey, tip of the day, and you can click on it. You know what? That's a really good question because sometimes when you download new apps, it'll ask you if you want like 
badges and you yeah. know, for notifications, and it didn't ask me that. It didn't ask you that, so, so maybe I, it doesn't. I'm curious if it maybe actually Maybe we should does. contact the developers. We should. Hey, we think this would be a great app yeah. if you did this. <laughs> Absolutely. And also expand your postpartum yeah. anxiety and mood, other mood disorders. Yeah, for uh, iPostpartum, we'll make sure we'll put the, the link to that on our website. So if you guys want to check it out, newmommymedia.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today on Newbies, we're continuing our series on postpartum stress by discussing postpartum anxiety. Our expert, Beth Warren, is a licensed clinical social worker and psychotherapist specializing in maternal mental health and is part of the Postpartum Health Alliance. Thank you for joining us, Beth, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Beth, what is postpartum anxiety and how is this different from other postpartum mood disorders? Postpartum anxiety is exactly what it sounds like. It is anxiety symptoms that usually originate either during the pregnancy period or after you've delivered your baby. It is different than other postpartum mood disorders in that it doesn't present with depression symptoms, for example. And it's much different than the baby blues, which is those first few weeks after delivery when you have your very standard tearfulness, lethargy, sleep deprivation, and just adjusting to being a new mama. This is very different. And what are some of the common symptoms and severities of postpartum anxiety? So some of the common symptoms of postpartum anxiety are a feeling of fear. So for some moms, that can be racing thoughts. For some mom, that can be very intrusive imagery. For example, a lot of moms will be able to picture as they're holding the baby, dropping the baby, actually harming their baby. It can be a very common thing to picture as they see a knife in the in the kitchen, actually harming the baby with the knife. It's a very, very difficult thing for moms to talk about, which then is why postpartum anxiety can be so isolating. Not every mom has the intrusive imagery. Some mom, it's more the racing thoughts, worrying, what if my baby cries and I won't be able to soothe my baby? Every Mm -hmm. mom has that. But the difference with postpartum anxiety is the intensity is so overwhelming. It can be paralyzing. Sometimes avoidance comes with it. I can't handle going out to Ralph's with my baby or to any other grocery store because what if my baby cries? What if I get sick? What if my baby gets sick? And so then this avoidance happens where mom will just stay in as a result, Mm -hmm. not go out with their friends. What if someone judges me? It becomes such a shift in who they are. Moms will describe, I used to be such a people person, and now I can't stand the thought of being with anyone else. So you tend to see a lot of shift of behaviors with postpartum anxiety. Mm -hmm. Another common thing is a lot of distorted thought processes, a lot of self-blame. I'm such a loser. I'm such a bad mother. A lot of feelings of guilt, for example. I think every new mom goes through guilt. But again, we're talking about intensity. We're talking about just these distorted beliefs of such heightened anxiety and such heightened fears. I can't do it. You'll hear that a lot. I can't do it. I can't handle this. 
And how soon after birth could a mother exhibit some of these symptoms? Great question, because sometimes it's not even after birth. We're actually seeing it's pretty common for women to start exhibiting these symptoms even during pregnancy and or start developing these symptoms afterwards. So if you are a mom and you're currently pregnant and starting to notice a change, hey, I never was an anxious person before and now I'm starting to be more anxious, or maybe you did have a a pre-existing anxiety and it's starting to really ratchet up in intensity, this is different. This is good to talk to someone about, and we'll get to that later in the podcast. But also, it's really common for moms to develop any sort of postpartum mood disorder, but particularly postpartum anxiety, anytime after about the first two weeks of delivery up to the first year. So it's helpful to remember if you are, for example, six months out and there is a change in your mood, that is different. That is a postpartum mood disorder. So if you, let's say, start to wean breastfeeding, which is one of the times that we see an onset of a postpartum mood disorder, and you're starting to feel more anxious, a lot of moms will say, what is wrong with me? And they'll start to internalize it. I'm crazy. It's helpful to think, no, this is postpartum anxiety. Same thing sometimes moms when they go on their first birth control pill after pregnancy or when they get their first period. It's just helpful to recognize any time during that first year you can actually have these symptoms start. Typically we see it within the first month, but it can happen anytime. And are some women at greater risk for an anxiety disorder? Absolutely. Two things. One is having a genetic predisposition. Genetic predisposition means either you have a family history of a mood disorder, meaning maybe your mom had anxiety or depression. Maybe you had a grandmother with bipolar disorder. So having a family history predisposes you and or having a personal history. So maybe you're someone that had depression previously actually can mean that you are now at higher risk for either postpartum depression and or anxiety or any of the other mood disorders, even obsessive compulsive. So it's helpful to know about the genetic predisposition as well as the environmental. The other things that put women at higher risk are a variety of combination of genetic and environmental. Being an older mama, for example, puts one at higher risk. Having a history of infertility or pregnancy loss, having a stressful pregnancy. So for example, moms with complicated pregnancies, moms who are on bed rest, for example, any mom who has had any very uh, stressful life circumstance during her pregnancy, stressful birth experiences, birth trauma, for example. And it doesn't even have to be fully classified as birth trauma. As we know, every woman's story is so unique. And a lot of women who have a, a delivery experience that was not expected or is at feeling out of control, mm-hmm. even unexpected C-sections, for example, if a woman so desperately wanted maybe a non-medicated hypnobirth, that can in and of itself put you at higher risk. And panelists, what have your experiences been with postpartum anxiety? I had very severe postpartum anxiety and OCD when I had my son 17 years ago. I had the intrusive thoughts that Beth was talking about. I saw a truck go by and I saw myself pushing the stroller in front of the truck. 
I uh, would walk by a window and would see myself throwing my son out the window. And it was all very disturbing to me. I thought, you know, what kind of person must I be if I can imagine myself doing such a horrible thing? So it really did make me a shut in and it really did isolate me because I wouldn't talk to anybody. I uh, certainly didn't want to tell a doctor about these thoughts because I was afraid they were going to come and take my baby away and lock me up. Uh, I did end up talking to my doctor and she referred me immediately to a psychiatrist. And uh, I, you know, was surprised, pleasantly so, that nobody took my baby away. And they told me that these were actually really common symptoms. And uh, I got a lot of help for it. And it made the rest of my postpartum period much more enjoyable, just getting the help that I needed. Well, I myself didn't experience postpartum depression or anxiety. It's just, I had the blues. I remember the tears, you know, the more common uh, moments of sheer joy and tears at the same time, which was really confusing as a new mommy. So hmm, some of those other um, normal things, you know. What brings me here today is my concern that postpartum anxiety isn't being acknowledged and recognized. I just saw a wonderful documentary. I hope that everybody will be able to see the dark side of the full moon. And we hope to bring it to San Diego. But I think what was shared a lot, and a lot of people there had this experience in in this uh, room, was that the OBGYN isn't trained at all in this. So they refer mom to a counselor, and then the counselor says, you have to go see your OBGYN because they're not specialists like Beth. And so they're just getting sent back and forth, and they just don't end up getting any care at all. And I think it's just a crime, and it's just really concerning me. I attend the births, and I know that, like Beth said, there are some women who have, you know, really beautiful births, and then, you know, and even when they're all beautiful, I think all births are beautiful and just perfect, and, you know, there's no wrong way to have a baby, but sometimes our society is putting these just, like, huge expectations on women to perform or whatever, do things a certain way, you know, whether it's all this mom wanted was epidural, and then her baby came so fast, she had natural birth, or vice versa, she wanted natural and she had to have an epidural. And that can kind of trigger the start and the um, the start of a rough recovery and uh, or a cesarean birth is definitely a rough recovery. It's a major surgery. And so that we know that the cesarean rate is much higher now. And so the um, rate of PPD or postpartum anxiety is higher. And I just don't think that the general public is aware. And I just am here today to hopefully, you know, learn from our our panelists. And as I am trying to learn from our moms, so I go to a postpartum meeting with a new mom, I want to be helping her to be aware of her the signs, helping her partner, especially to be aware of what signs he can um, notice, because sometimes the woman doesn't even notice that she's in that place. So I'm just trying, you know, to become more aware for my clients and make the general public more aware of this issue. Yeah, you're right. And I, what you said, Holly, really spoke to me about that um, thought in your head, well, you know, 
my someone's going to take my child away if I tell them that I feel this way. And I, I also had postpartum anxiety. And I remember thinking the same thing. If I tell someone that I'm just so on edge, I'm just feeling so angry, I'm just feeling so short-tempered, um, if I say anything, they're going to think that I'm incapable of caring for my child. And I also remember being in a set of unique circumstances where my husband, who's in the military, was deployed. Um, and I just remember thinking, you got to suck it up. Just suck it up. You know, put on your big girl pants. You know, you're just being, you know, I just felt like I was being weak, Um, which now I know is not the case. It was just a, you know, a set of circumstances that just compounded my postpartum anxiety symptoms. But I think that's just important for moms to know that, you know, asking for help sometimes gets you help, doesn't necessarily bring consequences. Yes. You don't have to suffer and you don't have to do it alone. Right. Exactly. Beth, what are some of the common stress factors which may make identifying this as a mood disorder difficult? That is such an important question because of exactly what Kristen and Holly, you guys just both so bravely shared about your experiences. I see this constantly in my practice. As you recognized, when moms are having either intrusive imagery and or these anxious thoughts, it can be really normal when you're so isolated to get so insulated in your experience to think, I'm A, only mom who's experiencing this, and B, if I tell anyone about this, because I'm the only mom that's experiencing this, someone will think I'm a bad mother and take my children away. So there's that. Partly, women will be very reluctant to get help because they'll think this is pathological. This is so evil that someone will think that I'm capable of doing these things and actually take my children away. I want to reassure women who are listening right now that that is absolutely not the case. We practitioners know that these thoughts and this imagery is what's called ego dystonic, which is just a fancy way of saying that you are incapable of acting on these thoughts. Ego dystonic meaning that it's distressing to you. This is not a part of your nature. These thoughts are distressing to you. You are not capable on acting on these thoughts. In fact, these thoughts cause you more distress and usually the accompanying behavior is avoidance. The accompanying behavior is I don't trust myself around these knives or around my stroller in Holly's case. So it's really important to think about all of these women who are then not getting help because they're thinking, I can't tell my doctor. My doctor would take my baby away. Or I can't even tell my husband. My husband would think I'm crazy if I'm telling him that this baby that I worked so hard for is I'm actually seeing these images of me harming our baby. So there's part of that shame and stigma that is really associated with postpartum anxiety that I don't think is really associated with postpartum depression as much. Plus, we talk about postpartum depression so often now, thank God. It's actually in the media much more. It's kind of in the general population. Thank goodness there's been such great progress, but not postpartum anxiety. So when women struggle with these thoughts, they don't often get help. So that's part of it. The other is, and I really think it's important to put this out there, there is a perfect motherhood myth. There is this thought that as soon as you become a mom, it is just all easygoing and roses. And when it is not, there's something wrong with me. And when we uh, are going through anxiety, it is really normal to see other moms who appear to have their act together and then internalize that contradiction, internalize that comparison. And so imagine a mom who's going through anxiety or having this freezing thought or these uh, images of harming her baby. And then she sees all of her friends looking so cute 
in their yoga pants going to their workout mommy and me yoga and talking about how amazing their birth experience has been and don't you just love being a mother and she's like oh my god no I'm worried I'm gonna throw my baby out the window and I can't say that to my mom my fellow mamas who are going out to mommy and me yoga looking so cute so that's the other thing is as moms it's so important to share your experiences with each other or even just find that one quote safe mom to be able to say how you're really doing so that you can get that support that's why support groups can be so helpful and we'll talk about that a bit later And what is the prevalence of postpartum anxiety specifically among the postpartum mood disorders? What's so interesting and why I'm so glad Rosie brought that up is there is actually not only anecdotally, I see this in my practice, but also we're seeing it in the research. Postpartum anxiety is actually, there's actually a higher incidence of postpartum anxiety among postpartum mood disorders than there is postpartum depression. But it's fascinating that more women are affected by postpartum anxiety than postpartum depression. And yet it's not really recognized yet in um, therapeutic circles, meaning it's not even postpartum anxiety is not even yet in the DSM-5, which is our diagnostic manual. So it's pretty ludicrous to me that we're, we're seeing it in the research, we're seeing it in studies as higher prevalence. And yet the only thing that's actually been recognized is peripartum depression, which means, you know, depression that can hit any period during pregnancy or postpartum. So when you think about that, that is a big disconnect there. So if women themselves are already struggling getting help, and Rosie, like you'd recognize, not all practitioners know how to treat it, that's two big barriers. And how is this impacting parenting? Huge impact on parenting. So similar to postpartum depression, of course, there's going to be an impact on your attachment with the baby. Same thing with postpartum anxiety. So a lot of moms will say to me who have had postpartum anxiety, but I was bonding well with the baby, so I didn't think something was wrong. So if they are thinking this misnomer of postpartum depression equals I'm not bonding with the baby, I'm just laying around in bed depressed all day. If it's not that, then what is it? Oh, I just must be a tired new mama. I must be stressed. So chalking it up to something different and minimizing it when actually it's a true diagnosis, this is a true issue. It can manifest with a lack of attachment because like we talked about, avoidance is a big thing. A lot of people with, a lot of moms with postpartum anxiety will rely on caregivers quite frequently. So again, if we use the example of a mom who has intrusive imagery, who believes herself capable of harming her baby, and she has, she's lucky enough to have this great resource of a nanny or a mom who's staying with her temporarily, you better believe that she is handing that baby off to this other caregiver as much as possible. She doesn't trust herself. I see it so frequently in my practice. I don't trust myself around my baby, so I might as well just let someone else. They're doing a better job at it, telling yourself these distorted lies. Mm -hmm. So it can affect attachment and bonding within those first several months during that real critical period where a mom is trying to gain her own trust with herself and her own what would you say, courage, I guess, as a mother. But also, unfortunately, what it does is it reinforces that distorted belief. 
See, I can't do it. Look, my mom does such a better job at soothing that baby. See, I can't do it. That kind of thing. Anxious mamas can really um, produce anxious kiddos. So if this goes untreated, we can see that the kids will become quite anxious. And it makes sense, right? It's a learned behavior. The world is unsafe. If this becomes this message that this kid is, is frequently getting, it becomes this reinforced kind of world schema message. And panelists, what are some of the parenting challenges you have experienced with postpartum anxiety? I know that I was not as close to my son in the beginning. Fortunately, though, I've seen he's 17 years old now, and we're closer than ever. So uh, while I was very distant when he was an infant, and I was kind of afraid of parenting and afraid of, you know, what I would do to him, I really thought for sure that we weren't going to be close. But we're as close as can be, it all worked out. So it was kind of a temporary problem. I think that's really important that our listeners know that, that it doesn't have to be the be all end all deciding factor for your long term relationship with your child. So I'm really glad you shared that. Thank you. Yes, 100%. He volunteers with me now with postpartum women. He fills out envelopes, addresses envelopes and things. He's very involved and he knows the story of how our relationship began. uh, And he doesn't hold it against me or anything. That's wonderful. When we come back, we will continue our discussion about postpartum mood disorders by discussing ways women can get help to overcome their anxiety. We will be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Welcome back to the show. We're talking with Beth Warren about postpartum anxiety. Beth, how can a woman learn she has an anxiety issue during her postpartum time? So let's be real. Every new mom goes through stress. Every new mom worries. So I think it's helpful to differentiate the difference. And it's a matter of duration, intensity, and frequency. What that really means is postpartum anxiety is different than just being a normal uh, new mama stress or having normal new mama stress if it lasts for a long time, if you notice that the intensity of your worrying is more than you've ever noticed before, if the the frequency of your racing thoughts and your worrying or the intrusive imagery is more norm, or more frequent than normal. For example, I'll give you the example of when it's raining, we're driving down the, the highway and a car cuts us off. We can always picture worst case scenario, right? We can picture the car crash happening, but then we get distracted by driving. We move on. We're like, whoo, that was close. Okay. And we're, we're better. What happens with anxiety though is that sticks and it becomes like a broken record. 
the racing heart, the shortness of breath, the imagery in the head of, oh my God, I could die. Oh my God, I could die. And then that's all you're picturing for the rest of the trip. So that's the difference. And that's the difference too with postpartum anxiety is every new mom worries. Every new mom is stressed about the keeping their little one alive in this entire project of, of motherhood. But if it's so intense that you're noticing this is different than I'm noticing with my other mom friends, or this is so different than I've ever felt before that's when you know that you're more circling that orbit of postpartum anxiety. What are some of the ways her partner or family members could be of more help to her? I love that you asked this question because this is really the million-dollar question. A couple things. I, I think it's so important for everyone to be educated. The woman herself is already feeling like, I want to get myself back. This isn't me. I feel um, crazy you know, saying these mean things to herself. Um, but also, let's be honest, family members are probably looking to you saying, when am I going to get my wife back? When am I going to get my daughter back, etc.? So it's a matter of education for the family to learn what this is. This is a true medical issue, and it can be treated. It's sometimes so helpful just to have that help and, and hope. Also to know how they can participate in the treatment. For example, would it be helpful for the husband to join the wife in her therapy sessions, or at least occasionally just to learn what is this that my wife is going through? How can I help validate and normalize rather than maybe put this additional stress on it by saying, I don't get what you're going through. It's scary. The other thing is just to ask, how can I help you? Sometimes, like we've talked about earlier with avoidance, sometimes people swooping in and taking over is the last thing the woman actually needs, even if what she's kind of looking like she needs, like we've talked about, it can then reinforce this distorted belief of I can't handle it. And already grandma wants to be involved, right? So she jumps in, she gets her needs met. The mom gets her needs met by getting so anxious that it helps. But really, if they sat and had a dialogue about how can I help you with your anxiety, maybe they could figure out a, a structure of I'm anxious when I change diapers, but that doesn't mean that I want you to do it for me. What if you stood next to me and just chatted with me and distracted me as I'm doing it so I don't feel alone, so that I don't start getting in my head about it, et cetera? Yeah, and I also work as a postpartum doula, and that's one of the things we're trained to not just swoop in and be the solution for all of mom's problems, but to yes. say, hey, you know what? That baby looks really happy when you're holding him. You're doing such a great job when you do this. You know, just aff affirming so that mom builds some confidence in herself, and she yes. goes, oh, I guess I am doing a good job at this, yes. instead of just, oh, I, you know, I can't do it, so someone has to do it for me. Yes. Absolutely. Same thing with a schedule. You know, we always talk about a sleep schedule at night. Every couple's going to be different with that. Some couples would be better if they split it in, in half and husband does the first half, wife does the second, or, you know, vice versa. Um, some are better if one has one night on, the other has the other night on. Every couple's going to be different depending on their schedule and their sleep rhythm and circadian rhythm. And don't just assume, in other words, communication is so crucial. What steps would a woman take to get help if she is concerned she is struggling? Great question. So I'll give you an example about here in San Diego, the resources, and then hopefully no matter what city you're in, you can find something similar or the equivalent. Here in San Diego, we have a great resource called the Postpartum Health Alliance, which is a free nonprofit organization where you can go on their website, find a provider that specializes in postpartum mood disorders like a therapist, a psychiatrist, etc. There's support groups listed. There is a screening 
tool called the Edinburgh Postnatal Depression Scale. Even though it's called the Postnatal Depression, it also asks questions related to anxiety, feeling overwhelmed, for example. And uh, you can, it's kind of like a one stop shopping. <laughs> you can go on this website. For those in the Southern California area, it's postpartumhealthalliance.org, all one word. For those of you in different cities, it's really important to think about, like Rosie was saying, who are people in this field who do specialize? Unfortunately, some obstetricians and pediatricians are great in this area. Some are not. Some OBs, for example, and pediatricians are routinely screening mamas in their office for postpartum mood disorders. Some are not. And so if you find, for example, that you're going to your OB and saying, I feel miserable. I don't feel like myself. This isn't me. And they're either minimizing or, or not even following up, then clearly that is not the person for you. And trying to think outside the box. If your pediatrician pediatrician wasn't helpful, going to your OB. If your OB wasn't helpful, then asking your general practitioner. If your general practitioner is not helpful, then you know what I also recommend? Asking at your local hospital's labor and delivery unit to see if there's a social worker there that specializes in maternal health. They often know a lot of good resources in the area as well. Um, it's just helpful to think outside the box. Thank goodness with internet nowadays, you can usually Google postpartum support in your area to see if there's a support group. There's all sorts of good ways to figure out support for yourself during this time. But the bottom line is no matter what you do, just getting help. Getting help in no matter what form that takes. Thank you so much, Beth, and our wonderful panelists for joining us today in our discussion about postpartum anxiety. And for our Newbies Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of the show as Beth will share some of her techniques for reducing stress in the home when you have a new baby. For more information about the Newbies Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All right. Hey, newbies. We've got a fun segment on the show called Baby Oops, and it's where you guys submit your funny stories with your new babies and funny things that have happened. And I love this one. This comes from Sarah. And Sarah writes, I don't remember how old my son was when this happened, but he wasn't very old. I would get up at night to feed him, and instead of rocking him in his room, I would take him downstairs and turn on the TV. I'd prop my feet up, and usually we both fell back asleep in the living room. One morning, I woke up, and my arms were empty. The empty bottle was still on the table by the chair, and I was positive I had not taken him back upstairs to bed and then gone back downstairs to the chair. I began to panic. Where was my baby? I took the blanket that I was covered up with and threw it aside, and I went to stand up. I looked down on the floor, and there he was, sound asleep on the floor at my feet. At some point during the night, he slid or rolled off of my lap onto the floor. He actually looked like I had actually placed him there. He was sound asleep on his back with the receiving blanket all around him. Oh, Sarah, I bet your heart just kind of stopped in that moment. And I think we've all kind of experienced that. We're like, okay, where's baby? Okay, baby's safe. <laughs> so thanks so much for sharing that with us. If you guys have a funny baby oops that you'd like to share with us, 
us, uh, we would love to hear it. And the best way to submit for that is actually a new option that we have, and that's through our website. So if you go to newmommymedia.com, you'll see on the right side, there's actually like a little gray box, and it says send voicemail. And if you click on that in just a few quick little steps, you can actually use the microphone that's built into your computer and leave us a quick message, and then we can take that and we can put it on a future show. So pretty cool technology, right? So go ahead and send us your baby oops, and hopefully we'll hear from you soon. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, parent savers for moms and dads with infants and toddlers, the boop group for moms who breastfeed, and twin talks for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. How would you like to have your own show on the New Mommy Media Network? We're expanding our lineup and looking for great content. If you're a business or organization interested in learning more about our co-branded podcasts, visit our website at newmommymedia.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.